I, I made it to the top really fast. I mean, in, in, in all the different levels, I just like blitzed them. Some guys couldn't transition from, you know, riding a, a 250 or 350 to a 750. I did that. And then once we got, you know, expert, no problem, you know, I could just adapt and just deal with it. Episode 64, Tank Slapping Podcast. Got a good show today. Really excited about this one. A lot of you guys, uh, the early 70s, mid-70s is like an iconic era, right? And a lot of guys, a lot of our uh, listeners of this podcast really enjoy listening to people from that, from that era. We have a guest on tonight. He won a race during that era. He is... Greg Sassman. He won the 1975 San Jose mile. We'll uh, bring him on and talk about that some more, but really iconic racer rode for the factory Harley team. Somebody you guys might've heard of Carol was res Weber was his mechanic and tuner as well. And we're going to get him on and talk to him a little bit. I'm actually really good friends grew up with his, uh, his two sons. I've raced with his two sons growing up, Brett and Peyton really, really fast riders. I always actually raced Brett and Shana grew up racing Peyton. They won uh, amateur national titles, went road racing, and they had a pretty solid career themselves before they got into the family business, which is a Harley dealership. So grew up with them in the Harley industry as well. Grew up hanging out with them at dealer meetings, running around, getting in trouble. Uh, Just you name it. We had a lot of fun growing up. And I'm excited to talk to Greg about his career a little bit. You know, he grew up, he was a rookie with Jay Springsteen. Like I said, he won San Jose, which was um, a huge underdog win. You know, it was a rookie and he went and he, he went on and won that race, which was huge at the time. And yeah, then he was hired to, to uh, race for the factory Harley team. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on all that. want to make sure we shout out our sponsors before we get too far into this. They make this show happen. Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com and hit them up on social media. Thank them for supporting our podcast. If, if you have any questions on Bell Helmets, I've never really mentioned this, but hit me up. I've I've uh, been, been with Bell for a few years now, and I know their products really well. So hit us up on the Tank Slap and social pages or hit me up personally and get you some information, get you fitted in the best helmet there is in the industry. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Moto America Series, Laguna Seca is coming up July 9th to the 11th. This weekend, I'm pumped for it. Laguna is an iconic racetrack. I know Laguna, ever since Nicky Hayden won his first MotoGP race there, it's been one of my favorite racetracks to watch. I'm stoked to see what Moto America brings to the table this weekend at Laguna Seca. Make sure you get tickets. If you're in the Northern California area, it's a beautiful part of the country. Go check it out. And if you can't be there, obviously we all just can't jet to California. Make sure you check out their live subscription, live plus package and watch it from your computer, handheld phone, whatever. It's definitely worth the coverage. And it's a phenomenal racing, really good series this year with a lot of, a lot of great racing in all the different classes. I want to thank Indian Motorcycle. Since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Check out a local dealership near you and scoop up one of the new Scout FTR models, Indian Challengers. They got a great line of motorcycles. I saw an Indian cruising by me, the Indian motorcycle cruising by me the other day. Uh, beautiful bike, man. It had a trailer. It was probably, dude, it was 
I don't know, $50,000 setup, just beautiful motorcycle. They got entry level bikes. Like I said, the FTRs are basically, you know, they're modeled after what the flat track teams use in the American flat track series. They, they look really similar and they're, from what I hear, they're a lot of fun to ride. So make sure you check out Indy motorcycle and support them, hit them up, thank them for supporting the podcast and the sport in general. I know they're gearing up for uh, Moto America as well this weekend with Tyler Hare and our boy Frankie Garcia racing those Indian challengers. Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, with nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing company. Without Jerry, the sport of flat track would uh, would be in a struggle on a struggle bus right now. So we appreciate Jerry for not only supporting our podcast, but supporting the sport as well. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series, the DT4. DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Check them out. Get some tires. Get some tires for your flat track bike, motocross bike, street bike. They're a huge supporter of the industry, and we appreciate Dunlop for supporting our show. AIM Sports Data, the world leader in data acquisition. We, I use these, um, sorry, I use these bikes. I use these, this product on all of our G&G racing motorcycles, the Solo 2, Solo 2 DL, GPS lap timer, has all kinds of different things you can do and, and look at data, you know, how, how hard you're hitting the rev limiter, where you're hitting it. It shows that the track, you can dial in the track and lay it over the RPM range. There's just a lot of cool things with that lap timer. Make sure you check them out. And Hanum's Harley Davidson in Media, Pennsylvania, 65 years in business. If you're in the market for a Harley, you need some parts, motor clothes, check out Hanum's Harley Davidson, hit them up, hanumshd.com. And I'm going to try and get a hold of Robbie Bobby McClendon, man. It's been a minute since we've had him on. Um, I see he's getting in fights <laughs> over the weekend. I just want to get some insight on on some of that stuff and see what the hell he's been up to. He likes to make fun of me every weekend, so um, I don't mind it. You know, he calls me the bear and, and all that shit. Makes makes grizzly sounds. So <laughs> I uh, the for everybody listening, the bear the bear thing is more it's more of an ironic nickname for me. I don't actually claim that my personality is a bear. Um, I got pissed off once. I, I've said this story before, but I've got I got pissed off once at a race. Actually it was a Colby Carlisle and uh I said something like don't you're gonna poke the bear and so that's just like it's just an ironic thing and I've just been running it on my helmets and 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 uh I actually have it on my autograph sheets. It's just yeah one of those ironic things. It's not obviously I'm not like a big grizzly bear looking guy. It's just something that uh that I run. So, um, yeah, a little backstory on that job, but yeah, we're waiting for Greg Sassman to get on the line here. And once we get him on, we'll get this interview started. Uh, like I said, I don't know, you know, I grew up, I was a nineties kid. I, I went to the camel pro races in the nineties with my dad, but I don't know that late seventies, early eighties era, as well as I would, I would have liked since the show has started, we've had, you know, Kenny Roberts, Randy Goss, We've had, you know, guys, guys on here where I've learned quite a bit, Doug Chandler from that era. And it's, man, it's such an underrated time in motorcycling, you know, basically after on any Sunday came out, things just got, you know, as Ronnie Jones said, guys, just, they fell in love with flat track racing. It was so good and so underrated for our sport, that movie. And um, yeah, so Greg's one of those, one of those riders that, you know, he's a product on, on, of, on any Sunday from what I've learned about Greg. So get him on here and chat with him a little bit about that. Our first guest, well, 
our only guest for the show today is on the line. It's Greg Sassman. Greg, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. How are you, Corey? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time to come on. I know you're obviously very busy with uh, running a dealership and all of that. So I uh, appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. So let's get into it, man. Um, I like to get a little bit of a backstory on kind of how things got started. For those who don't know, Greg's father actually started in the Harley Davidson dealership. Um, Grover, right? That was your father's name. Yeah. So he got the dealership started. I guess that's how you obviously got into uh, the motorcycling world. But what started the whole racing deal for you? Um, did your did your pop race too? I mean, how, how'd that all get started? Uh, very, he, he might've once or twice, but he was an enthusiast and he, he, uh, sponsored, um, uh, a, a guy years and years ago in Florida that worked for him. And, and, but he was always, uh, interested in, in, uh, you know, didn't go to every race, but would, that's how I got exposed. Um, we would go to AMA half miles and short tracks and <clears throat> excuse me, we would go to Daytona, not every year, but, uh, you know, when I, when I could. And, and so I, I was exposed, I mean, to, you know, Bart Markle and Roger Riemann and, you know, all those guys, uh, uh, Daryl Doval, you know, a bunch of the, you know, the national number guys and, uh, knew about dirt track and, you know, you loved it as a kid, you know, always wanted to do it. You know, I'd, uh, you know, you riding your bicycle in the driveway and you're thinking about dirt track and, you know, you're trying to slide the thing around the corners and stuff. So, yeah, that's how I got exposed. And then he didn't really want me to race. And, uh, but I grew up, you know, working in the, at the dealership in the shop in the back and all that and doing everything, working on bikes and everything. And, uh, it was just, I was just fired up and, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, he wouldn't let me race till I was 16. So, I finally talked him into it when I was 16, and I got a, a Harley Baja and started riding motocross. And it wasn't, you know, the greatest, but it was a Harley Davidson. That's all I could ride. So um, I, I did pretty well. I started winning, and uh, pretty much right away. And um, then <clears throat> a, a life-changing moment, if you will, happened. Um, the, the fellow that was a dealer in Atlanta, his name was Powell Hassel, and he had been a uh, Harley DM and then and then bought out the dealer in Atlanta and uh, I got to to you know my dad's shop one day after school I always came there after every day after school to work and he said Powell Hassel called today and wants you to ride for him and Powell was a really neat guy uh, smart just a cool guy and knew a lot of the top racers knew you know Rayburn and Sell and Freddie Nix and all those guys and they would stop by his dealership, and and he was just pretty well tied into the scene. He actually sponsored an expert uh, rider by the name of Ray Little out of Atlanta, who was a you know just rode regionally. And so the AMA had this um, championship program they had just come up with. It was really cool, the regional championship concept, and they were going to put on this put on this big. Uh, approach towards dirt track the next year. This is back in the heyday of motorcycle sales and all 73. So it was actually 72 when Powell asked me to ride for him. So he had a sprint he had bought from Dave Sale. The, the frame was built by Mark Brelsford's tuner. His name was Jim Bellin. And it had a a, a uh, sprint race engine, a road race engine. And, it, and so um, 
That's what the factory guys wrote on short tracks. They weren't great. They weren't real fast. They were four strokes, kind of slow, but they handled good, low center of gravity. So his plan was let's go after this um, this championship, and I'd never even ridden dirt track. So we went to some some sportsman or outlaw races in, in 72, uh, ended up uh, meeting Jay Ridgeway, Dale Singleton, those guys racing against them, and and I was just – blessed i mean i was talented you know obviously i guess and and uh just i could just do it you know from the very start i won the first race i ever went to you know it was just crazy and um so we did that that sportsman season got my my pro license he knew the district referee and because of my finishes in sportsman i got a you know a novice license pro license and we started the next year and and went after this regional thing and uh we we go to the first event, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania, and there were so many novices there. It was just huge. I I, I don't remember the exact number, probably 250. I know there were over 20, 25 heats, and you had to win one of the 12 fastest heats to get in the main. You could win your heat, not make the main. There were so many people, and uh, I just the number 300. Uh, I know that was. You know, we've we've seen that before. It was like you would show up at these these big races, and it was just crazy. You know, um, so many novices, and they all had the pro license. They were all novices. You know, they were, you know, all different levels. But anyway, yeah. So <clears throat> I uh, started. You know, won my heat. Uh, I was on the front row. Uh, got a, a fair start, and I think I was probably fifth or sixth or something like that. And uh, worked my way up, just kept picking off riders every lap and and just working my way to the front. <clears throat> and um, I passed the last guy that was leading. I think his name was Ed Ingram from New England or whatever he'd been. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, passed him going into three around the outside <clears throat> and um, won the race. And uh, it was it was a big deal. I mean, this was a big series. AMA had put a lot into it. They had a lot of media focus. And uh, it was it was huge, huge for me too. You know, kid out of nowhere, you know, and I win this big race, and you know, you're you're standing in line. The sign up line is so long, you know, you just you just don't know what you're getting into. But uh, yeah, it was it was really a cool deal. Uh, as a matter of fact, the um, <laughs> Georgia Harley Davidson Dealers Association took out a full back page ad in uh, Cycle News East. Uh, you know, it had a picture of me. Greg Sassman wins uh, Reading Half Mile Regional and big deal on a sprint, a Harley sprint. And my my sponsor, uh, Powell Hassel, he had, you know, people had told him, oh, you guys will never do good on a sprint. Those things are too slow. But it it handled good. It hooked up really well. And uh, low center of gravity, easy to ride. And the thing just, I just rode the wheels off of it. And I, I didn't. What did you race? What other bikes did you race against? Like if, if the Harley wasn't the bike for that class, oh. what, what, what was the bike? Oh, the, the class formula was um, 360 singles, two stroke or four stroke, 250 twins. So I was racing against, uh, you know, TD1, TD2, Yamaha road race twin motors and a, you know, Trackmaster frame or whatever, and you know the uh, 360, you know, Boltacos, the Astros, the uh, Yamahas. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a 350, but in a three in plus the two strokes had 
uh, compression releases, so they could they could slow down better. Right. But you know, four stroke has more compression braking, so you know it worked. And <clears throat> no brakes. I mean, I I had a brake on there for coming in the pits, and it was a crazy. It was a a, a front a Honda front brake master cylinder that that actuated the rear disc. And that was the only brake. So I couldn't really use it very well, you know, riding, racing, but I could slow down, you know, like coming in the pits and stuff like that. So, but I, I basically yeah. raced with no brakes. You know, I used that pitch it in, you know. You know, you've been around for a while, Greg, when you, you when you've raced with no brakes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I reached out to uh Bert Sumner. He's a, uh, the number one historian in flat track. And, I asked him, I'm, I'm going to have Greg Sassman on the show. And one of the things he mentioned was your 1973 novice season, which you're talking about. And uh, he mentioned Jay Ridgeway. So I don't know if there was a rivalry or if you guys went head to head. If um, So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and, um, what maybe he's talking about. There was a, a big rivalry. But the, the cool thing about it is when Jay was from Atlanta and he was a good rider. And, and when I started riding as a sportsman, guy the year before when you know pal asked me to ride for him um you know we raced it there were several racetracks around georgia holiday downs and uh noonan and just different places paladega alabama all that there was a bunch of bunch of racetracks and jay was there you know and he was like the hot dog and so when i started we just instantly i was doing really well right away and we were just back and forth you know either he'd win or i'd win and and uh but we were friends and uh I'd stay at his house and we'd ride mini bikes together and uh uh we we travel together some and uh I mean we we were always friendly you know we were never on bad terms you know it was never this you know you you hate the other guy you know you, you, none of that right. you know we were always matter of fact <laughs> matter of fact and my sponsor uh Powell House he was such a good guy we went to a regional in Kansas City, um, no, excuse me, Sedalia, Sedalia, Missouri. There was a, a, a mid-Atlantic or a regional. It wasn't we were Atlantic, and it was Midwestern, whatever they called it. And uh, Jay had a problem with his bike, and my sponsor Powell let him ride my backup bike. And uh, Eddie Daly won. I got second, and I think Jay got like fourth or fifth but he made some points and you know i didn't really think that much of it you know we were in this heated you know battle for the championship and i led most of the year and then i had a problem somewhere i can't remember exactly and then he got the lead and we were and then i got it back or whatever we were back and forth but really tit for tat woody kyle was his tuner and he had a really fast big horn kawasaki but the thing would blow up and you know, it it just it created a lot of heat, and Woody put extra cooling fins on it, and on all, and you know, on a on a a big racetrack or one with you know where you're on the throttle a lot, it would it would build up heat and all that, and so he had some seizure seizure problems, and and mine was just I could you know the thing would hook up and it was pretty reliable, but um, his his bike was faster, but on a slick track I could beat him or a track where we were, you know, if it had a lot of grip. Right a lot of grip or a cushion it was he was hard to deal with but uh we just so went who back won the title that year then i won it i won it we, oh, we you went won it. okay cool yeah we went down to the final final race in toledo and 
think he was he was just ahead of me, and we were can't remember if we were like duking it out back and forth, but uh, his bike, you know, he put his hand up, his bike slowed down. I guess it either seized or tried to seize or whatever, but I, I finished ahead of him in one. But um, we were, uh, I, I had the the lead, I think, most of the year, as I recall, you know, through the from that yeah. very start. But it was well, I mean, with that many riders, those championships were they were well, they were sought after. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the novice title, and and then obviously, I'm guessing you went junior in '74, and then you went rookie in '75. So, yep. Um, kind of jumping forward to the the 75 season um you were you know that was a stacked rookie class i mean just the only name that you know really needs mentioned is jay springsteen yep. so um you raced with jay i mean and and people listening they know springer came out of the gate you know obviously really really good as well he won um, he won three titles in the late seventies in a row. He was, you know, um, and you were, from what I've read, you were every bit as fast as Springsteen right out of the gate. Um, let's talk about that transition from junior to rookie and what made you so successful from that, like in that transition, do you feel? Um, that's a good question. Um, let me, let me interject this though. So <clears throat> Jay, uh, was from Michigan um, you know, rode a lot, <clears throat> rode all those cushion tracks up there, uh, was fast novice. He won the, the 73 novice title in his division when he was Midwest. I was Atlantic. And then as juniors, we, I mean, we met as, as novices, as I recall, but we really started knowing each other as juniors and we raced each other as juniors, even though he was, Midwestern and I was Eastern, we would still go to races together or not together, but we would be racing each other. And I remember the next year. So, so if I can throw this in there, so <clears throat> doing so well on a sprint, getting so much attention, being Harley guy, you know, uh, I got a factory ride as a junior, but it was again in the right place at the right time kind of thing they had changed the format of the factory team for, for 74 to where instead of having just, you know, three or four riders, they spread it out and they help more guys, but at a lesser level. So I got to be a factory rider, a factory support guy <clears throat> as the only junior, but I got a bike and parts and, you know, leathers and, and more and more support through the year. Cause I was doing really well. So I'm on a factory Harley and he rode for Vista Sheen and we would duke it out as juniors. I remember at Reading uh, <clears throat> in 74 at that regional championship and we were just like back and forth. I remember being in the corner and hearing his skid shoe on the ground. You would be just like right next to each other. And uh, <clears throat> he kicked up a rock and broke my face shield coming off of coming off a of two. It was an old car track, you know? And uh, anyway, we, um, we went back and forth then, and one notable thing I'll say about 74, and then we move on, we a uh, bunch of fast guys, and they they had a junior invitational national at Toledo, Ohio, in conjunction with the, the regular pro Camel Series national. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they invited, I think, the top 17 or top 20, I can't remember the number exactly, something like that, the top juniors in the country to that race. We qualified and we raced the main event right before the um, the the national main, 
and everybody was there. Skip Ashland, uh, Greg Scalican, uh, golly, all the, Eddie Daly, uh, Chuck Jordan, just uh, all the fast guys. Jay, Jay's brother, um, Kenny. Um, everybody was there, and I was fast qualifier and won the main going away. So it was really a cool deal, which I think really helped solidify my factory ride for the next year, besides the fact that I won that championship again as a junior. So going forward to 75, um, we go to the first big national and uh, San Jose. And uh, you know, if you want me to talk about that a little bit, I was uh, – uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's a big one. Yep. For, I mean, obviously, I that was, was you know. <laughs> Jay was um, not taking, I mean, Jay and I have been friends, never had a bad word between us. Um, but he came from that, you know, that, that Michigan cushion gunslinger running off in there, hold it wide open. And I was more of a, I, I think of it in terms of more of a finesse guy. And so I was better on groove tracks at least early on. And, um, and I was just on that day. I mean, I was just, uh, I mean, like others, you know, we have those days, you have them, you know, we all have them. And, uh, I qualified third fastest. Kenny and I were in the same heat. I won the heat. We duped it out a little bit. And, um, I just remember being on the gas, like really, really early in the corners. And uh, just being really smooth and getting a great run off it, off of the corner. Just I love the racetrack; it just suited me. And so I was on the on the pole for the main. And uh, I don't know. I started about. I didn't get a great start. I was fourth or fifth or something like that. And I was just picking guys off. And then it was me and Scott, and we duked it out a little bit. And I just I could see him. We'd be we'd be in the middle of the corner, and he'd be getting on the gas and getting the thing sideways. And I'd I'd be hooking it up and just, just getting a really strong draft. And I'd just pass him, you know, going in and I just finally got gap on him and just, you know, just took it in from there. But uh, a fantastic day, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, shared the podium with Gary Scott, Rex Bochamp, mm-hmm. you mentioned yep. obviously Springer and Kenny Roberts and um, golly, what a stacked, what a stacked, uh, time in flat track so oh, it was um, I mean, the, the fans would be lining the fences and the grandstands would be full it's crazy it was yeah really that's that's incredible and honestly i ha- we've had dave despain on the show and we've chatted quite a bit with the spain about carol carol resweber mm-hmm. uh we've talked about him as a rider and he's one of the spain's favorite riders <laughs> like if you have a list of all-time greats um you know, his Mount Rushmore of flat track, he's got Carol on that Mount Rushmore. And I, I didn't know, I mean, I knew Carol won four titles and, um, I don't know, obviously I, before my time, I don't know Carol that well. Uh, I don't know much about him. Um, but when you won that race at San Jose as a rookie, he was your tuner. Yep. So that's badass. Yeah, it what was, was, it was, what was he like? And what was like, was, what was it like working with him? He was, um, <laughs> um, he was great to work with. Um, he liked to party. He liked the girls and, uh, he, he was a really good fabricator fabricator. I mean, he could, that was his forte. I mean, you know, welding and fabrication and things like that. That's what he did for the brace team. And they put him with me and, um, and, and kind of made him a tuner and, and he was good, but I have to say he was, he was no Bill Werner. You know, I, 
I have a lot of respect for Bill, and he's a smart guy. But, you know, Carol was great to work with. He was, um, you know, we always got along, and he was very supportive and, and all that, but um, he didn't have the necessarily the the background that, that you know. And then it, it, One of the things about Carol, and I'm not talking bad about him, but he was a writer, and he got hurt. And it it put him out of the out of contempt. I mean, he was number one for the fourth time, and it was a you know I heard heard the story, you know, read about it in Gary Nixon's book and all that. And he um, it was dusty half mile. It went out for practice. Nobody could see, but they're running off in the corner anyway. And somebody crashed, and and he just ran off in there. A bunch of them did, and and he got hurt. He got broke up real bad, and and never really came back from that. So he was a little bit jaded. <laughs> and he would make comments about how much money we made and how much money he didn't make and <laughs> things like that. But uh, <laughs> it was still, it was, it was a, a good Where time. was he from? He was from Texas. Is he from Michigan too? Texas. Okay. No, no he was from Texas. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned partying and uh, you know, I just figured he's from Michigan because <laughs> everybody in Michigan likes to party. It's like <laughs> Parker and Springer. It's like, I've had those guys on the podcast and it's like Parker is like mid partying, like doing my podcast. And then he just, then he just left. He just like peaced out on it. And I was like, all right, well, it's good chatting Scotty, but no, that's cool. I, uh, I, I didn't know much about Carol, but that's, you know, I've heard he was a hell of a writer. So that's, you know, that's, and obviously, you know, I'm not a big Bill Warner fan, but I, I respect his uh, tuning ability. Like, yep. you know, he's one of the greatest ever, yep. if not the greatest yep. when it comes to his, In- ability to tune a motorcycle and so. a crazy thing you know i'm i'm like the you know the the new kid you know at the on the harley team and everybody's friendly to me and you know it, it's a cool deal i mean i had my run of a factory i could go anywhere i wanted i go up and see willie g and and it was very cool deal for a you know 18 year old kid or whatever but um bill was always very friendly to me i i, I don't know if he was politicking you know to before jay came on the team or whatever to to get me as his rider but you know he would he would have me have me over to for dinner all the time when i was in milwaukee we'd go play racquetball we'd go you know trail riding we did all kinds of stuff matter of fact the night before uh the the san jose national in 75 uh he and i shared a room together and he you know he didn't even work for me but you know, the factory was paying for rooms and you pair up. And so he and I stayed in the same room together. We always got along great and all that, but uh, oh, that's awesome. anyway, just, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Stuff. That's good stuff. I, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned, man, you basically went from not, not racing. Like you started racing in 1972 to winning at the premier level in 1975. So basically three years, that doesn't really happen, and it, it 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 would not happen today. Like, I mean, I guess it's hard to say it wouldn't happen, but that that is insane. Like, what did you trail ride at all when before you turned? Oh 16? yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I rode. I mean, I love motorcycles, and I just thought about racing all the time. And you know, I, I yeah, I did some trail riding. Um, I I taught myself how to how to slide on a. Uh, on an M50, if you know what that is, or an M65, um, oh, yeah. yep. behind behind my dad's dealership in a dirt lot back there, and and I just lived it, breathed it, watched all the riders I could watch. You know, I get a cycle news and just read every word, um, and then on any Sunday came out, 
and it just threw gas on the fire. I mean, uh, I already I already wanted that's what I wanted to do. But when I saw that movie, I knew. I mean, there was just like no doubt I was going to do that. And it's pretty phenomenal that, like you say, three years later, and I'm I'm beating those guys. But I was just I just analyzed stuff a lot and uh, and just worked on it and you know practiced on my whatever you know um, mini bike or my trail bike or whatever and and just study it you know I, I really studied guys' yeah. styles and the guys that that rode that I picked out that I thought were really good what they were doing and and I tried to figure out why and I just adapted it and. No. Who were those guys? Who who did you look up to? I mean, you mentioned Bar- you mentioned Bart Markell and you mentioned um, a couple other guys. I think Nixon. But who was your guy? Like, who did you, uh, you kind of look at? When I you know thinking about those eras, you know, Mark Brelsford, um, he was for sure one. Um, you know, and even the the you know the the other guys in On Any Sunday, you know, where uh, especially Brelsford, you know, he's probably him, Merck. You know, those kind of guys, I would just look at what they did, you know, their body positions, how, why, you know, um, you know, even, you know, Rex, you know, all the all the top guys you could look at and see, you know, what they were doing or, or try to figure out what they were doing um, is, is the best thing I can say. And just analyzing it, think about, you know, what I'm doing on the bike, how I look, what my position is and. Uh, I've always been real, yeah. real technique. I've never been much of a crasher, and uh, always tried to be real, you know, real clean and precise, and 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 all that. It's it's kind of crazy. My my favorite riders are like the opposite <laughs> of my riding style. Like I was always a big Ricky Graham fan. I was always Rusty Rogers. I've liked, uh, um, yeah, growing up Parker. I've liked Parker, and I'm more of a finessey kind of guy mm-hmm. too. And yeah. those guys are on the throttle sideways and. I'm more, you know, Chris Carr, not, not I'm not Chris Carr, I'm more finesse yeah. Like he was a more finesse rider, right, right. Um, you know, Will, Will Davis, um, Rich King, mm-hmm. kind of like, I would say that my style fits them better, but I loved, um, it's just funny. I love the opposite of what, of what, maybe because I, I, I'm not a sideways kind of guy. So watching those guys do what they did. And I still race with guys today where I'll be next to a guy passing somebody and i'll be like holy shit how is he doing that? like it's like the guys you the people i race with um i just have so much respect for my peers like it's just like man i can't believe he can do that or or she can do that you know it's 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 i don't know it's it's one of it's always been crazy to me to to race some of the guys i race with and just watch what they do it's like damn that's pretty rad well so, you know um, and and, <laughs> and kenny was a big one i i did i probably left him out and shouldn't have um he was a, a a really good influence on me. You know, I mean, I was already, you know, there. I'd kind of made it by the time I met Kenny. But still, we'd ride mini bikes together. He, he and I were, uh, I was good buddies with, with Bud's, uh, Bud Ashland, his tuner, uh, and his, his brother Skip, who, who raced, and he was a good rider. Um, yeah. And I would stay with Skip and those guys and um, Tim Rockwood and that whole California, I, I kind of related to those guys more than the Michigan guys. I mean, I got along with all of them and was, you know, friends with all of them, but that was more of like who I was, you know, I wasn't, the, I didn't drink and party and all that, but, you know, I like having a good time, but I, you know, 
I'd like to go play golf or let's go trail riding or, you know, let's go get something good to eat or, or whatever, you know, um, you know, go hang out with the girls and all that. But, um, Kenny was like, Oh man, what, what style, what, what precision, what technique. I mean, to watch him, if you ever watched him and maybe there's videos, I don't know of him riding a 750 at the Houston Astrodome on the TT. Good gosh. I mean, he was like, Poetry in motion. It was it was like really really something to watch that guy and his technique. Yep. And he changed. Yeah. He did. A, he was very innovative. You know, on the road racing end of it. Uh, just. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What a what a guy. Yeah, he pretty much changed the way they do things yep. in Europe with road racing. That's right. Uh, what, for sure. No, that's. I mean, it's crazy. You mentioned obviously Jay Ridgeway was a guy you battled with for titles, right? Mm-hmm. So. You battle with guys for titles. You're still friends with with those riders. So your personality, you're you're pretty easygoing, it seems, and you you've got you you get along. You mentioned you get along well with everybody. So my next question was kind of like more so rivalries. You know, maybe maybe up through the expert ranks. Did you have anybody you didn't like to race with? I mean, that you didn't get along with. Um, you know, who were the rivals who you kind of you pushed a little bit harder to beat because ah, I just can't stand getting beat by that guy. Um, this wasn't like from way back cause he was older than me, but probably Gary Scott. <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah. We get that a lot. Well, he, was yeah, that I was he was that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not talking bad about the guy. I'd be glad to talk to him today, no, but, right, but right. we were teammates yeah. and so I can give you that. We, we were at, all right, so I know we hadn't talked about the road race end of it, but we were he and I were the road race team. So we're on those RR250s at Daytona, and uh, we go out for, for practice one morning. It's really cold, and they're, they're not letting us out yet. So we get on my mini bike and ride around the track together, just looking at it, seeing if there's any wet spots or damp spots or things to watch out for. Come back and all that. And so we've been, you know, you're there all week, you know, you start on, used to be, you know, you'd start on, I guess you come in Monday and start riding Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, Wednesday, I think was amateur day. Anyway, you rode a lot and on Harley's we needed to, because we hardly ever raced and we hardly ever tested. So my, my left hand is killing me, right? It's just sore as it can be. And I'm fit, but it was just sore. And I'm, I'm telling Gary Scott about this. I'm like, man, my hand's killing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, Harley, it, it, towards the end of the week, they, they got Gary Fisher to come ride one of our 250s with us to add another guy on the team. Do you, know, you remember Gary Fisher? I know the name. Absolutely. Okay. Well, he was a good road racer, and he was actually in on any Sunday. He's the, the, the kid that broke his back and took the brace off and raced. If you remember that in Harley oh, okay. Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So I'm talking to Fisher, and he's like, Man, are you using the clutch? And I said, Yeah. He said, Don't use the clutch. You know, just like you'd ride a dirt bike. And uh, he said, You're going to kill your hand doing that. You know, use it downshifting, but don't use it upshifting. You know, Scott never knew that, or never told me that, but he knew. But uh, <laughs> a, another little quick snippet there. So, uh, one year, this is after Scott was off the team. He had quit and gone to do his own thing, and so we're at oh, I'm trying to remember which mile national it was. And you know, we all finished up front, and, and um, 
so Scott tries to claim Corky's bike, I think it was. It was either Corky, it wasn't mine, Corky's or Rex's. He tried to claim claim his bike. And so uh, Dick O'Brien, or you know, racing engineer at Harley, he has us all counterclaim. And we ended up winning. One of us won it, so so we kept the bike in you know on the team, and Scott didn't get it. But there were all kinds of, I mean, plenty of ill will towards that guy, you know. Yeah, no, because, that's because great. Because the way I, he acted, I, you know. Yeah, that's what Ken. Well, Kenny was a little more. We had Kenny Roberts on, and he was a little more blunt, a little more blunt, <laughs> obviously, and in, in Kenny fashion, he. Yeah, I didn't like that guy. So yeah, no, I, I hear that a lot, man, and that's okay. I mean, some people are diff- just the, different; they go about things differently. And uh, no, I just we like to get that insight. So yeah. let's let's move forward a little bit. So you you had your big win in '75. I know later that year you had an injury at Terre Haute, um, and then talk about you know you, you didn't race that long at at the top level. You know, you, you started. You know, let's talk about that. What what kind of like what led to kind of your transition from being a, you know, you're winning nationals as a rookie and then you sort of went a different direction. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, some people might think it's kind of crazy, but it was, um, it was kind of a slow, um, I I felt it coming on. Um, I was having my doubts about, you know, right. So basically I guess what I could say is, is, I made it to the top really fast. I mean, in, in, in all the different levels, I just like blitzed them. Some guys couldn't transition from, you know, riding a, a 250 or 350 to a 750. I did that. And then once we got, you know, expert, no problem, you know, I could just adapt and just deal with it. And, but then once I got there, it was like, okay, well, I made it and I'm here and I'm top 10 and I'm winning nationals and, uh, you know, written up in the, newspapers and signing autographs and, you know, cycle news on ABC wide world of sports and, you know, doing all this stuff. And, uh, and I just started thinking, "Eh, is this what I want to do? I think I want more out of life and, and nothing against any of the guys through the years that have, that have, you know, paid their dues and raced year in and rate and year out. Um, I just wasn't comfortable being a gypsy living on the road, living on the road, living out of my truck, you know, staying with people at their houses and all. I just, I just wanted more. I I didn't want my life to be that. I wanted, and I'm nothing against that, you know, at all. I have the utmost respect, you know, for all the guys, you know, Jay, what a, what a guy, you know, he's a journeyman racer. And, um, but I just, I felt it coming and I just got more and more just lines like this is what I want to do. And, um, you know, Dick O'Brien was great to me. I had talks with him and he's like, you do what you want. I'm behind you, you know, take your time, you know, do what you feel best. And, um, and he would have talks with me, you know, like, you know, he said, I'm, he would say, there are days when you show up at the racetrack and, and, I don't know how you go that fast or in how you, you know, you're just on and it's like something else is, is running it. You know, it's, and I said, yeah, I know what you mean. He said, so, you know, you, you got what it takes. You just need to decide if this is what you're going to do. You know? So he was, he couldn't have been better to me. He was great. Great to me. So I basically just, 
Um, I raced 75, well, 74 for Harley as a junior, and then 75, 76, 77, and then 78. I just kind of rolled it back and just went in and did other stuff. And uh, yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's, I wanted, honestly, it's 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 inspiring a little bit for for guys that think racing is the only. I mean, we we have guys on here that it's the opposite. You know, racing's all they want. It's the only answer. You know, they didn't know what they would do after career is over and. Um, you know, to have that sort of different direction is, is a, is a breath of fresh air for people listening that, you know, may, may, in your, this is coming from a guy who's a factory racer, you're winning races and, uh, you just decided that there's other stuff that, uh, I want to do. So yeah, what I, obviously you, you got into the, the family dealership and you had some kids. So talk about, yeah, and talk about your life right after that whole, you know, yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I did a lot of things that I never got to do. You know, I went and, you know, uh, started scuba diving and just all these different hobbies. And I started racing bicycles. And I'd always, the Tour de France always fascinated me. And I started doing that. And I did well in that. I worked my way up to, I was a cat, well, about to be a cat too. And I, I, my kids came along. So I back out of that. But I, I liked all that and, and um, you know, started, well, let's see, uh, in the next 10 years, I took the dealership over, started running the dealership. And, uh, and another thing I didn't say is, is music was something I always wanted to do. I played drums when I was a kid. And, and, um, so I went to local college here and was in the music department and, you know, really, really got in depth with that. I played, you know, uh, orchestral percussion I played drum set. I played timpani. I started playing in, in rock bands and blues bands and jazz bands and show bands. And I've recorded and, you know, played with some, in some pretty big concert things and done some really cool stuff there. I'll still do that. And, uh, and I still ride. I mean, I, I wanted to ride some off-road. I got into riding enduros and racing off-road and I just, you know, started, started just, you know, building my life in a balanced way, I guess you'd say. And and then, and one other thing is I, I wanted I don't mean for this to come off wrong at all. I wanted to 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 uh, make all I could out of myself. So I've I've actually been very blessed, and I'm I'm successful, and I'm you know comfortable as far as my assets, and I can do what I want and you know, yeah, buy what yeah, I want, absolutely. and I you know I have a nice home and whatever I want basically. Yeah. You know, within reason. So and it would have been tough maybe with racing. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. You, you, it's it's a tough choice for many people. It's like, man, do I do I quote unquote chase this dream and sleep in a van, or do I, you know, you you obviously were you you had other things that you were successful with. So to go the family dealership route and and just kind of do other things is really cool. Um, you know, I want to talk a little about Brett and Peyton. You know, Brett is my age, and Peyton is I guess he's Shana's age. Yeah. So pretty much your two kids are the same as me and Shana. Mm-hmm. Um, and we grew up at the family dealership. I mean, obviously, uh, both family dealerships grew up in the Harley industry, and uh, they started kind of racing later-ish too. I mean, so did me and Shana. But um, and then Brett and Peyton had a, you know, they were really, really fast riders and had a had great careers racing as well. Uh, did you see everything come full circle when they got into it? I mean, um, were, were you looking? Did you think it was going to get that serious that quick? Because they both went professional and, you know, they went the road racing route, but that had that, I mean, that happened pretty quick as well. Yeah, um, it did. Sort of got sucked, sucked back into it. <laughs> that was, uh, 
that that was you know quite a rewarding part of my life you know it it um so basically i didn't want to be a mini bike dad um you know they went to catholic school and they played i didn't want them playing football but they played baseball and they played hockey and and all that and we had a a, a customer that put on a a uh, you probably know alan uh alan durden um yeah yep so he put on a race down in swainsboro georgia and he had a pro class, and he had a, a really, you know, a, a, a good thing going there. He had a lot of turnout. Uh, Greg Tyser and a, a bunch of the pro guys rode there. And so, my, again, Brett and Peyton didn't, you know, they didn't grow up riding. I mean, they rode. They had, like, DS80s and things like that, but uh, never pushed them towards riding. And they, were really, were, they saw the photos. They saw all the stuff and saw what I did. But um, I, when Dave Despain uh, invited me to the um, – that uh, big thing he did at Springfield, I guess it was the 50th anniversary or something like that. And and I brought Brett with me, and he liked it. So anyway, <clears throat> Alan Durden said, you got to bring your kids and, and uh, you know, let them come see this dirt track race we do. And so we went. Uh, they had a, a, a XR50 we had in the back of the truck just for riding around in the pits. And I said, Peyton, you want to ride the 50 class? I was just kind of messing around with him. I didn't think he'd want to. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And we had some riding gear in the truck. So he goes out there and he wins the 50 class. And he comes in and he goes, Dad, I'm racing for life. <laughs> but, so, so they start – so we start going. And, you know, they had an XR100. And they, Brett rode that. And they just did great from the start. And they wanted to do it. And I said, if you guys want to do this, we'll teach you the right way and we'll we'll – see how far you want to go and so they started racing around the southeast and doing really well then we went to uh started going to amateur nationals and then they you know really picked it up so the first we went to amateur nationals in oh four i think for the first time and brett got on the podium um in the tt and then and peyton he did really good you know him and shana were right there and I forget how, I mean, he was top five. And um, so we come back the next year and he is like on fire. He wins the mile. Um, and I'm trying to remember what all he did this second year, but he he did really good. Brett did too. He he was like top three. and But he was kind of in the deep end because he was older and he started racing 450s right away where Peyton rode, yeah. you know, 125s and 250s and all that. So we go back in 06 and they're just like on fire. Brett and Bonzi are duking it out for the for the top pro sport guy, and Peyton and Shane are duking it out on the you know the miles and the you know short tracks and all that. So Peyton wins the Grand National Championship, and uh, uh, in the in the 250 Premier Class and just knocks it out of the park. Wins the mile on the DTX race. You know her and and JD and him you know duked it out. He won that, and so they're just like you know, just exploding. And um, so then we start road racing because that's the, that's the career path. Right. And so right. Su- Suzuki gave us three C- SV 650s cause they were doing so well. They had their ride deals. They had Dunlop helping us. They, and we were starting to really get some help. And so they, uh, uh, they start winning all the novice races. They won all the novice races. It was the one or the two of them. They would duke it out and just be right next to each other. First year, 650s, or yeah, six SV650s. And then um, 
they got 600s, had to start at the back of the grid, and they were finishing, you know, top three um, on 600s right away. And um, took them to Kevin Swanson's school, and they did really good. They were they were going so good there that they they broke them out of the class and just let them ride with an instructor. You know, the two of them and an instructor like Trey Beatty or somebody like that. And then uh, we went back again, and Kevin took them out, and he would go with you know take them the two of them and and him, and Peyton actually checked out on him because he would let him lead and i'm not saying peyton was faster than kevin swans but kevin was on dot's <laughs> i know and what you mean yep. peyton was on race tires and had a little bit better grip and he would take turns letting them lead and then letting him them watch him and so when he let peyton lead peyton just hammered down and and checked out well kevin came in they black flag peyton came in he was hot. They almost threw him out of the school because he didn't do what Kevin said. But he sat him down at the end and he said, you guys, if this is what you want to do, you're going to be good at this. This is your career if you choose it. You know, he just gave him the talk, you know. But just be sure oh, this, awesome. you know. So so then they, they started, we got Yamaha support. So they were riding with, on uh, Graves Factory support and um, doing well, you know, winning championships. And we're uh, finishing top 10 in AMA. And um, and then the subprime mortgage thing hit, and everything just all the life got sucked out of it. I mean, you know. AM- well, it's crazy. You mentioned the career path back then was obviously everybody went flat tracking, and if you wanted to make a career out of racing, you didn't go flat tracking once you turned pro. You went road racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's kind of there's a lot of you know flat track has some decent opportunities now where some guys are flat tracking, like JD Beach is flat tracking, and obviously they're the road racing thing is there with, uh, with Moto America and their series, but there's options now back then. Um, you pretty much went road racing, yeah. you know, road racing. If you wanted a real shot. Yeah. Road racing was so big. There were so many teams and so much money. I remember Peyton qualified on the second row, uh, at Barber for the formula extreme race. And there was S and I'm trying to remember all these guys, uh, you know, all the factory riders. And they were looking at him. They're going, what are you doing up here? And uh, Ben Cheatwood comes by, you know, interviewing him before the start. And he's like, what are you doing on the second row, Peyton Sassman? You know, just kidding him. And and um, all the guys he was gridded next to were making six figures. You know, it was yeah. it was crazy. But as you know, the subprime thing happened, and it's just the economy fell. Harley-Davidson lost 100 dealers you know, uh, AMA road racing changed hands. It got bought and was, you know, went through that whole thing with the Daytona Motorsports Group and all that. And, uh, yeah, France and no, it's, it's crazy. I mean, coming up through the ranks, you know, Peyton raced with, like you mentioned, Shana and JD Beach and Brad Baker and James Rispoli and, um, Jeffrey Carver. And then Brett, you know, was, you know, the Bonzi and myself, John and, Lewis, um, Johnny Lewis, and Johnny Lewis. Yep. 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 And Kyle Wyman yep. and yep. Justin Hanna that went really well. Yeah. And yep. Narbonne. Absolutely. So no, it was both of our kind of our errors in uh, amateur racing were stacked. And it's kind of funny, man. I, I, we, I used to joke about it with, uh, with Brett and Peyton quite a bit, but I don't even know if you know, but we used to call you and my dad, Bert and Ernie. Um, <laughs> Anytime, anytime something was, wasn't going well at the track, 
the first two guys at, at like the referees or whatever would be you and you and my dad, Randy. And we would just look over and be like, look at Bert and Ernie telling them how it's done, man. And uh, just at the time we didn't realize the good times we were having, you know, cause we were trying to beat each other. Yeah, obviously, you know, that's it's, right. it's just funny looking back like you and my pops just, uh, yeah, just, I wish I had photo. I wish I took photos of every time. Like you guys are up there talking to there's, whoever, there's a, man. there's a photo of, um, staging and there's JD, Shana, Peyton, your dad with a, holding an umbrella and, you know, just all these people you would, you know, that ended up being, you know, significant, if you will. Um, but yeah, your, your dad was awesome. I always loved him. He was great. We always got along, always talked to each other, you know, about the dealer side of it, but about racing. And he was just a great guy and, and your grandfather too. What a, what a guy. Um, but yeah, you guys always do. I mean, y'all, uh, he, he would tell us how y'all would go racing. Like you could race two or three times a week and you own Timonium. And in a lot of those racetracks up there, you guys just were, you know, you just had it, had it nailed, you know? Um, and so everybody, you know, they had their, their success, you know? Um, I know Peyton, I was really proud of this and, and, and Brett too. Um, very versatile riders, uh, you know, Peyton won, actually did the Grand Slam uh, as an amateur. He won nationals in every discipline, including road race. We're a national uh, in in '06, which I thought, you know, nobody really said anything about that, which nobody's looking for for you know pats on the back. But I thought it was really cool that he did that. He was that versatile. And uh, Brett too, real good TT rider. Brett's won enduros, hair scrambles, road races, dirt tracks. Um, you know, they just it's cool. I that, miss that seeing them on the track, you, man. I. I miss seeing them. I, uh, I, yeah. was, I, it's just, yeah, I, tell, I tell people all the time, like, yeah, during that era, it was, it was stacked with, uh, with good guys and, uh, the Sassman boys were, were quick. So no, that's, that's great. And you guys all right now, y'all work together, uh, at the dealership, right? Like yes. what, what are your different roles right now? Um, Brett is service manager, marketing manager, Peyton, uh, parts manager, uh, they, we all wear a couple of different hats. Uh, he also helps with training. Uh, he helps with, uh, use bike management, you know, that whole process. And, uh, they're just very involved and it's, it's a, it's great fun to come to work every day for me. It couldn't, I couldn't have it any better. You know, our, our business is doing well and, uh, they're a big part of that. And it's just very, uh, very rewarding being able to come to work and hang out with those guys. And my most fun thing to do is for us to go trail ride because we, we are very fortunate that we have uh, a couple of tracks of just incredible property with 20 miles of technical and all kinds of variation trail. And we've got some uh, fast guys that we, that are buddies with us that we ride with. And uh, it's really, really fun. I mean, we'll be, we'll be riding and I'll, I'll wave one of my kids by so I can watch them, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I don't. I didn't really get to ride with my dad a heck of a lot. Um, so I, that's definitely a cool moment for you guys yeah. to be able to do that. Um, I'll have to. Uh, for those listening, it's Harley Davidson of Macon, Georgia. Um, anybody down in yep. that area, um, check check the dealership out. Go say hi. And yeah, please. I, I know you guys still have some race bikes and things like that that they. I'm sure that you would mind showing them. And 
uh, a lot of history with your dealership. So the next time I come down that way, I'll, I'm, I got to make it over because I've never been to your shop. Yeah, so yeah. Be, uh, We'd love for you to come by. And, and everybody, you know, come by. We've got uh, photos in the showroom, actually, when, when we built our building, our new building, I say. It's, um, you know, high ceilings like all these dealerships are now. And you've got all this wall space, and Harley would have uh, dealerships, uh, you know, pick photos from the Harley archives to put up there so they've got some – you know, some interesting photos to look at. But if you have your own history, they put those photos up. So we've got, you know, our racing history and some of my dad's, uh, he had a dealership in Florida before he moved up here. So we've got photos of that and just cool stuff. I mean, one of the guys he, he sponsored uh, was raced on the beach. We got a photo of that. And uh, we, we have one thing I'm really proud of. We've got uh, a photo of me at, uh, when I was, you know, riding for Harley dirt track, half mile feet up sideways uh, and then one of Brett at Barberville on uh, on his 450, uh, uh, he finished top three, I think. There, no, he won. He won. And and then Peyton at Ducoin when he won the uh, Grand National Championship on the Ducoin, he was on the half mile in this photo. And they're all three right next to each other, uh, like in in steps, so to speak. So it's it's kind of a cool deal. For, you know, I, oh, that's I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'll have to get it. I'll have them send me a photo of it. We'll post it up on our pages. But okay. uh, one yeah. last thing, one last thing I wanted to ask you about, I'll let you go. But um, do you follow the sport now? How often oh, do yeah. you watch the, uh, the AFT races? Um, and what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Have a rider you guys like watching? Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on the series right now? Well, as I told you, I, I watched you and I was really glad to see what you did at Oklahoma city. I thought that was awesome. You're really smart and look great. Um, I, uh, you know, I watch all the guys. I, I, I really, um, you know, I wish Harley had a better presence. That's about all I can say. <laughs> I don't, I, I just, I know Indian came in and did what they did and, you know, hats off to him for doing it. And Harley kind of let them do it. And, uh, cause they were dominant for how many years? Uh, and and that doesn't keep me from watching. I watch it because I love the racing and I always got, you know, got along with everybody on every brand. That was not a problem, not brand oriented. It's not that, but as I was going to say, I I know you're a Harley guy, uh, but but I'm hoping you root for Yamaha, at least in the production class. (laughs) Well, you know what? That's what what I'm on. I actually, I know, I actually do have uh, ties to Yamaha. Keith McCarty took really good care of us when we were on the Graves team. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Keith, and, and we know other guys there. Uh, uh, Kyle Meddy was, was Peyton's um, uh, suspension tech, and uh, there's, you know, uh, the other guys behind the scenes, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to name them because I can, but i got to think about it in a minute. All those guys were always good to us. And you know when okay. when Brett and Peyton rode for them, uh, they uh, they had a crew chief, a suspension tech, and they you know ate at the hosp- the Yamaha hospitality tent with the Bostroms, and they all hung out together and you know all in the same garage. So it, it was cool stuff. And Yamaha guys, I mean Keith, I can't say enough good about Keith McCarty. You know, uh, oh, yeah. just in 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 others there. So. Um, yeah, we, we certainly watch that, but yeah, I, I, I watch them all, you know, I, I, uh, I can't say that I really, you know, pull for any one certain one, you know, uh, uh, you know, the bombing kids and, and, uh, you know, I just, I watch them all, you know, and, uh, I watch, I keep up with motocross. I keep up with GNCC and national enduro and, and all that. 
Um, we actually had, if you know who Graham Jarvis is, I don't know if you know who that is. No, I don't, I well, don't know that name. Well, have you ever heard of, of um, uh, the Red Bull Romaniacs or Erzberg or any of those really – Oh, serious? yeah, Erzberg Rodeo. Yeah, well, he's, yep. he's won those. He's like top three, top oh, five in, in the world. He came and went trail riding with us. Cool deal. Oh, my God. Cool deal. That's awesome. It was. It was. It was my group. <laughs> Brett Payton, our group of guys, about four or five of us and him. Because we've got just this awesome terrain to ride on, and and he was here for the um, he was having a little dispute I think with KTM, and he actually came and rode an Alta because they were kind of whining and dining. Oh shit! So, yeah, that's cool. Um, it was it was cool stuff. Nice. But uh, yeah, nice. we um, uh, you know I, I'm very probably my my thing is I'm just very appreciative of you know all the people that that helped me that I was had the privilege of being around. And you know Kenny and all those guys and on any Sunday they were all my you know friends and and hung out with them and uh, I remember it at not to go on at Syracuse one year uh, somehow we were I was pitted next to Romero which you pit on the front straightaway you just go get you a spot and you know you and your crew chief and and somebody else is next to you and you don't really do it necessarily as a as a team it's like where you get a spot and Romero was was right next to me and I'm telling you we sat in lawn chairs and talked all day in between races it was so cool he was you know great to me you know I was a kid and um it just talked about all kinds of stuff racing and life and girls and you know anything uh, there cool. was that's so cool. great great memories um I just I got to do so much. I, got, I went to Europe, uh, you know, on a road race for Harley. We went over there and tested, and and uh, I got to ride Cal Rayburn's chassis at Laguna Seca, and uh, it's just I was road racer of the year, motorcyclist magazine, in '76 uh, or '77. I can't remember which, and just had a lot of phenomenal experiences. Um, That's awesome. I was. I, I, I appreciate all these stories. These are really cool. Oh yeah, we get this. So we were at. Uh, I was at Louisville uh, one year, and I won my heat, and I think I got fourth or fifth in the eight. And there's all, you know, you always got people around, you know, entourage kind of thing, and not necessarily your entourage, just people. And so this this guy I've been hanging around, I'd seen him before and all that, and he comes up and introduces himself, and his name was Chalky Full of Love, and he was from England, and he was in the IndyCar world, and was on Lloyd Ruby's crew. And he said, why don't you come next week? It's the Indy 500. I'll get you in. I'll put you on the team, on the crew. You'll have a uniform and and show you what it's like. And I'm just like, okay. So I did it. And I'm not kidding you, Corey. He did everything he said. He said he came by my hotel, picked me up. We went in the Speedway in Indianapolis 500. It's dark because it's that early in the morning. We go by everybody, go inside, go in the garage. He introduces me to everybody, gets me a team uniform. And when it's time to go out and start up the car, me and another guy out and put it behind the car to crank up the car. I'm just with, I'm just standing there, right? I mean, I got my hand on the cart. And it's like, gentlemen, start your engines. And in the middle of that, standing on the front straightaway of the Indy 500. So, you know, 18, 19 year old kid. So lots of things like that. Just wonderful experiences. But I I wouldn't take anything for it. I mean, yeah, I got out, but it was a huge life changing thing for me. 
No, we, we appreciate you coming on and, and t- talking about everything. It's yeah. I, I knew you had a lot of great stories and, and a lot of great accomplishments on the bike Thank and you. it's a really unique story, man. So I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us. Thanks for having hopefully me. Hopefully yeah, hopefully we'll see you soon. Next time I'm in Georgia, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing in. Please do, please do. All right, all right. Thanks a lot, Corey. Thanks, Greg. See ya. Bye bye. Greg Sassman, man, what a what an interview that was. That a, a lot of really cool stories from Greg. I, I, racing with Jay Ridgeway and Kenny Roberts and Springer. Um, holy shit, that was that was rad. I appreciate him for coming on. Um, we're going to post some photos. I got, I got his, uh, his son, Peyton, he sent me a bunch of photos. So we'll get a bunch of old school photos of Greg up on the social media channels. And man, that, that was rad. Next guest we have on the line, check-in, a little check-in from our guy, Rob McClendon. What's little, up, man? A little check, 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 Arusi. Check one, two, check one, little, two, hot mic, hot mic. Little check job, <laughs> big, big job, big guy. jobs guy, <laughs> dude. When Amber posted that, I was like, dude, that is totally Corey. Like, I love jobs. I can just see you saying, talking about, I love jobs. Big, big job guy. I love jobs. <laughs> well, what's up, dude? Man, trying to figure out how we're gonna freaking take some points back from you. Honestly, if you if we're being if we're being completely honest, you freaking point stealing person, you. You guys keep talking about the points, man. It's like there's ten races left. We have a whole season to go. I, I know, like. I know, I know. But you got to remember, man. I'm I'm babysitting a kid, so it's like you know, he doesn't get that. It's a long season, but but no, I think we turned a corner. We found some 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 good stuff that uh, I think will help with our setup. But uh, other than that, man, just don't got tell done. me that shit, dude. Come on. No, I'm just saying. No, I mean you know okay. we never stop. The guys at Vance High never stop working, man. You know that. It's like. They got, nah, you guys will get it. I know. We're we're trying, man, but, I mean, obviously, hats off to you, man. You freaking... No, that was good at OKC, dude. That was good. I was pumped for him. He, uh, he, that's like when, when he decides to make it a race, dude, he's one of the toughest guys out there. So it's <sighs> like I look back and I saw there's a lot of guys that I feel like don't have that, that extra push, and I know he does. So when I look back and I saw it was him – I'm like, well, fuck! I gotta, I gotta bring my A game these last five laps because he's not gonna make it easy. Well, and that's my problem. I wish I had like radio communication because I was gonna be like, don't show him your move yet. Don't show him your move because I knew if he passed you that early, you were gonna go to school like and be the veteran that knows how to get it done. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit. And like, honestly, you know, I want to be confident, but I'm like, oh, yep, Corey figured it out. We're not gonna beat him. And I mean, not saying Dalton wasn't riding his ass off, but you know, it's just you're like the you're the fucking Jared Mees of of production twins right now. I know you hate me to say that, is but that like the title I want is that the title I want. Well, meaning like you know how it is. Like Jared could qualify like seventy second, and then like he works his way into like third place on the first lap. You're like, where the fuck did he come from? And like we could be so confident. Like even at like Lima, I'm like, all right, all right. Last time I was here with Corey, he was p- picking himself up off the ground on the the 450, and then and then oh, sure as shit, you're like battling for the win. I'm like, damn it. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, other no, than that, I appreciate it, man. Well, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. It's, uh, I like, uh, regardless if I win or lose, man, I just like, it makes me, a, uh, racing with those guys. It makes me a better rider and, um, just brings out the best to me, whether or not I win or not. It's really, it's not my concern. I just want to be the best rider I can be. And those guys, they make me kind of, they make me better. And that's what I'm kind of looking for win or lose. So of course, I uh, appreciate that dude, a, a lot. I wanted to, uh, talk to you about greenville went really well I, I we haven't talked to you since greenville but your race at greenville went phenomenal so yeah. fucking crushed it dude like 
Yeah, we went, you guys really stepped it up, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously, hats off to my whole crew. You know, Kelly, Katie, Danielle, all of them. It was, it's so refreshing. I mean, and, and of course the Anthony crew. I know they listen in too, but like obviously they're my, they're kind of my track crew. So we've always had good guys there, but I always needed kind of help in the, uh, well, you know, dealing with your race with 300 entries. Imagine if you didn't have you know Kelly there to help you out with that. And luckily, I had Kelly, and then yeah. Katie was on the scoring deal, and um, yeah, it went great. I can't can't complain um you know great great attendance um great rides you know only a couple couple uh decent wrecks which i would call them but i'm happy to report that no no serious injury so that's always a, a win-win but um but yeah now we're just uh i know you're doing the same thing you're getting ready for decoin so are we and then also you know i got all my my kids i'm working with just like you are for for nationals so yesterday was engine day i've just finished up the third engine getting ready for nationals so Oh man, just the the last Love minute. It. Well, last minute struggle bus. What's uh, what's uh, what was the big, what was the big uh news over the weekend, man? I turn on Instagram <laughs> and I I see Robbie Bobby throwing fist. <laughs> yeah, man, it's one of them things we where it. we hosted a race we and a it. fight broke out, or we hosted a fight and a race broke out. However you want to say it, but. uh yeah, man. All right, listen, listen. No, no, real, real fast. Listen. So I saw the fight, right? That's all I saw initially, right? And then I talked to you on the phone. I'm, we talked very briefly, and you're like, "Go on Just Dirt Productions, I think it is, and watch the video." So I go on, I go on this. We were exactly where you tell me, right? Yeah. And I start watching this video, and it's this most hillbilly shit I've ever seen. People <laughs> racing these cars. Waiting for the other drivers, running into them. It's like, well, no fucking, no duh. Like, of course you're gonna fist fight at an end of an event like this, dude. <laughs> so you're saying you want to get a crapper car is what you're trying to tell me. I'm saying it looks like the most fun thing with the fist. Oh yeah, I've ever. Well, dude, Dalton was up in the. Why did we do crying. that shit when I was there, dude? I we was, can. Oh my gosh. We can. Dalton uh, did the last one. Talk and- of- it's great. Talk about it, man. All right. Tell me t- what what goes on at something like that. What that that causes um, a fist fight. <laughs> okay, so just so all the listeners know, the, I invented this. It's called the Crappers. Basically, you go down and you find the crappiest car you can that runs and drives, and you put the bare minimum work into it. It's kind of like that lemon series for asphalt. Like you know, you gotta you gotta have like a fire extinguisher, and you gotta have a a um you know kind of like a roll or at least a containment bar and um everything else is pretty much well and a helmet of course you know you gotta have a helmet <laughs> safety first but <laughs> um so you line up you pay a hundred dollars and most of the races are between 100 to 200 laps this one was the freedom 100 is what we called it so i knew we we're gonna have some good redneck activities going on and um actually the guy that you saw on the 72 car He's won several of these kind of events. He's actually a really, really good driver. Well, there's three other ones that are all brothers that were out there racing. And the one, as you could tell, they kind of had the whole rivalry going, and they just showed the highlights. Well, apparently, after the guy cartwheels his car on turn three, that was <laughs> that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And 
you see him running across. By the way, that was hilarious because they're trying to flip the car over. You have you have your flag. <laughs> it's, it's rolled over on its side. They're like rocking it back and forth, trying to roll it over. And then they just give up on it. And the guy crawls out the window. Yep, out the front windshield. He starts sprinting to the infield. Yep. I'll let you pick it up. From- yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. He's So he's he's pretty, pretty frustrated. The, the problem is he's an older dude. And I don't think he realized that he was running over into the, the lion's den, so to speak, because not only was the dude sitting there chilling that was wrecking with him, but he's about 19, 21, and he's got two older brothers um, that are, you know, in their 20s, and this is a 60-year-old dude. And he, more credit to him, though, he, he went right over straight to him, but it wasn't going to end well. And, you know, normally I'm all for, like, hey, you know, one-on-one, that's cool, but there was a couple other brothers around. So I jump out of the flag stand or the scoring tower and I push him off of him. Well, lucky me, the biggest freaking dude out there. I think he played the freaking mountain in game of Thrones. <laughs> well, we back them all up and then he gets mouthy with me. So he shoves me, I shove him back and then he hits me in the side of the head, which obviously hurt. And then I, uh, I sent him one and a half good ones and stung him. And then, uh, and it was broken up. So other than that, but yeah, it's it was definitely uh definitely exciting. My uh outside of Did my Did you have a beer? You guys have a beer afterwards? All No, good? here's I what's mean... here's what's funny. So apparently I didn't know this, but Dalton was like, You gotta get out like Dalton like played security. I didn't even know this I didn't know this was going on. So Dalton's like, Yeah, I threw that guy out. I'm like, Wait, what? He's like, Yeah, I told him he's gotta leave, man, you're not allowed back no more. I'm like, Oh, okay, <laughs> thanks. So but then I'm thinking, man, I'm glad the guy was calmed down. Could you imagine one punch to Dalton would probably just shatter him? And I mean, oh gosh, it was amazing though. Yeah, anybody that's not out there that hasn't seen it needs to just go watch the video. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, I don't condone fighting. It doesn't matter. I've always been the kind of guy. It's like, look, if you win or you lose, it still hurts to get in a fight. And uh, and the side of my head hurts. Um, pretty sure his his jaw hurts because he was like eight feet tall. But uh, that's as that's as high as I could get it. And um, yeah. But anyway, we all finished up the race. Everything was good after that. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, no harm, no foul. The uh, uh, what happened on the track stayed on the track, you know, except for Herbie. I saw Lane, I saw Lane <laughs> off to the side with his video camera. And oh, his, he got like, it. He's like, did that just happen? Like his jaw just was like. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, Lane's the best, man. He was out there. He's like, like, man, I didn't know what was going on, but, but yeah, I was, I was going to get in there and, and he was right behind us. And uh, if you look at his, he had, uh, well, actually, you know what? Just go watch. What's that thing he does? Like fucked Friday or something like that. It's really hilarious. Oh, his, um, his edits, yeah. Yeah, he's he's good, man. I, I, I mean, his his edits are sick. And uh, anyway, so there's definitely going to be some on the next one. I'm 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 gonna guess. Oh, I can't wait. Pensacola I know it, is dude. a lot I know, more you know fun nowadays, dude. I need to get down there. I know it. Well, Amber, me and Amber were just texting the other day, like at three in the morning. She, we were just talking, thinking about each other, and uh, she was saying how she wishes she could move back down to Florida. I'm like, baby girl, anytime you want. That didn't happen, but let's go, dude. Let's go. <laughs> let's no, no, go. you're not invited. <laughs> Amber only. <laughs> I'll go to. Oh. I'll go to. I'll go to. The you can go hang out with B Rob. You can go hang out with B Rob and eat tortillas. How about that? And leave Amber to Pensacola. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be like that movie. It's like instead of Bangkok, it's gonna be like Pensacola's got her now. <laughs> She's not getting out. <laughs> <laughs> Hangover. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yep. Oh, shit. Dude, so what nice. else is new, man? How many? Nice. How, let, uh, let me reverse interview you real quick. All right. Let me reverse interview you. 
Okay. Shoot. How are we looking? How's the CRT elite, man? Because I know you got some heat coming to nationals. How are we looking? Ah, uh, I think I think we're good. I mean, who do you uh, real quick? Who do Brock, you got? You got some eighty fives, right? What do you got? Who you got? My eighty five kids are quick, man. I got Budman, Adam Costin, yep. and I got Ryder Reese. Um, yep. I have I a love lot of high hopes for those two. Yeah, they're rad. They're really cool kids. So um, the thing is, they're running in the same age group. So I was trying to get – trying because Ryder just turned 12, so he could ride either one. Yep. But I also he, he wanted to race the better competition, so props to him. He didn't take the easy way of winning a national title. He wants to race – you know, he wants to race Adam and the other – you know, because the 85, 12, 15 is not as stacked, so – um, so both those kids, you know, I'm, they've been literally hauling ass. It's scary how fast those two are going. Dude, get um, this. and then I got, think... obviously. Go ahead. Good, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, think no, about I this in the 85. It it, the sport is looking pretty good. And I'm just, just off the top of my head. So I'm sure that anybody that I forget, you know, it's no offense at all, but look at it like this, man. You got Ryder Reese, you got Budman, you got freaking Reagan. Who's going everywhere. You got, um, Oh crap! He's from Alabama. Um, I should know this. I just worked with him. Um, damn it! Oh my god, I can't remember his name now. Fuck! I mean, I know him. Jack. He wears a badass like badass helmet. Um, no. Fuck! He's my Alabama boy, man. Um, he rides a Cobra sixty-five and a Husky eighty-five. Oh, I know. I know you mean number ten. Number ten. Number ten. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know his name. I don't know his name, but um. Dude, I am I'm not even drunk right now and I'm like trying anyway. So did you got him? Um and, and I think I was told there's some California boys coming over too. So it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be tight. Oh, and then that's another one. Brooks is back, dude. How about that? Little Brooks. Brooks, yeah. Good for him, dude. Dude, yeah, man. Good for him. That's like a career ending injury and the little kid never quit and like is already back. Like, man, props to them. No, and the whole bad. family. They're just great people. But then all right, so you got the eighty fives covered. Who else you got? What um, else we got? 250s, you got Renshaw, well, got right? Renshaw, yep. He just got a new two-stroke to KTM. No shit. He's gonna race. Uh, he, DTX he or Framer? He looked really good on it. DTX? Yeah, he looked uh, really good on it at Frederick, like really good. So um, I, I'm a little bit, little bit harder on Evan than the other kids because he's uh, – He's local to me. He runs the number 65. He's basically like my little brother. So Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been your little protege for years. Yeah, hopefully he gets his shit together and, and has some good results. And then on the 450s, I got a couple kids, man. I got, obviously, uh, Sathoff, Aiden Brown, and Logan McGrain. So Sathoff is riding really well, and he'll be a front runner for the Horizon Award. So, oh, for sure. Um, Dude, get this. Chase is All a right. gamer. Chase is a gamer. We should do, like, a an amateur special. I mean, because this year, I mean, like you said, you got your kids. Then you got, like, there's, there's so many right now. Like, 450, like, obviously, Tyler Scott. Is going to be tough. Yep. Um, it will be real tough. You know, I'm hoping for good things from Landon Smith. Obviously, that's one of my kids, you know. Landon will be tough. Dude, Landon especially, tough I'm really Logan, excited. Yep. He's great on the half miles, and, and nobody knows what's going to happen on the mile either, so I'm really excited to see. Like, I know. Like, are you going to be there to help some kids out? Um, I don't know, man. I, it's still up in the air, but Dude, you got, Tyler Scott's going to be tough on the mile. Well, because he's used to speed. Drafting and yep. Um, yep but so. then, hey, think of this too. Look, I tell you, a big shout out to another rider that is. It's funny because uh, the whole infamous video that everybody thought like I was super mad at this kid, but 
Gage Smith. Remember, that's the kid that I, I kind of half oh, cussed okay. out at your race. Remember <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> and then they were like, thinking yeah, I was mad at him. Good. And like, for like the next three or four signups, I saw him or his crew. And like, he would be like the nicest, little politest kid ever, like thinking I like, hated him or something. I'm like, dude, bring your ass to Pensacola, man. I like totally invite him. I said, we'll freaking wear you out. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, they just like love the thought of coming to getting torn up by Dalton and me and stuff. But um, uh, I forgot Brody Hanson too. Rich, uh, obviously oh shit, Brody Hanson on Duh. the '80s man. He's yeah. always really fast. Yep. So yep, dude, there's so there's many. There's a lot of guys. I'm cool with doing it. We should do a show, man. We should do like uh, an amateur let's, spotlight let's or something. Hey, what if we yeah, went like? Let's do that. Would it be possible to go like at Decoin and do like an amateur spotlight, even if it was just a day of the mile? Like, could you set aside 30 minutes for me and you just to chill somewhere and like do one? Just have like a little table and have people come and chat, like stop. Yeah, and either chat. that or, or we we'll just that. we'll just talk about after the mile. But so you got Brody Hanson, he's CRT, right? Or CTR, I mean. Yep. Okay. CTR. If I don't come Thursday, I'll be there Friday for sure. Well, let's so, let's make something happen for sure, man. Because I think the dude, I think the okay. amateurs would love it too. But then again, look, yeah, like Birdsong, you know, he's kind of flying on the radar. He did great at amateurs in Daytona this year. I mean, we could. We could Johnny Booba, Booba, yep. I think I said Aiden Brown. Um, um, hey, dude, we almost forgot little little Vanderkoy. Dude, he killed it at Greenville. Oh, dude, he's he's crushing it. Dude, and he's, and, doing, he's riding really good. I think he's also uh, isn't he a uh, well? You know what? I'm changing. He's hitting puberty finally. Oh, like his voice oh, is getting deeper. I know. He's he's getting. That's why he's getting faster, I think. He's turning into a man a little bit. Like All right, he's, so here it he's, is. You know, starting to get his man strength. He's going to be – He's gonna be. we're going to call them Jerry's kids. I know it's kind of silly, but he's got, like, Stitchfield helping him out, which is awesome. You know what's also cool, man? Look at it now. Like, look where Flat Track is going. So, with you, you know, helping out in your direction, and then look at, like, Turner is looking hard at Sadoff. Uh, Jerry yep. is looking at multiple amateurs. I mean, he picked up Ross last year. I mean, the sports Ryder in the, Reese, he helps out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This, um, he's helped out Logan. Um, so what I'm saying is the sports in a, in good shape right now. Where ten years ago that never happened. No, no, it didn't happen. Now, like, nope. think of how cool it would be if we had like a pro circuit type situation where it's like they go to amateur nationals. All of a sudden, like the top three kids are starting to get rides or top five kids. You know what I mean? Like, how cool is that for our sport? No, it's. It's game changer. It's something we need to, cause dude, it's not easy. The transition from amateur to pro now, it's way harder than it used to be. I feel like, like look, look at Cody cop, like yeah. phenomenal amateur won so many races and he's doing well, but he's not crushing it. Like, you know I mean? Like that transition is it's harder than people think. Right oh, for now. sure. Well, and look at Dallas. I think, Dallas didn't even make some mains till after a couple, you know, and then of course he won and same thing with, right, with Bruner. Right. But I think Cody, what he got, what fifth or something at Lima? So he got he, six. He I predicted six. Cody. I predicted a podium for Cody uh, in his rookie year. A lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if he'll podium." I'm like, "Nah, I think, I think he's he will." Enough of a game changer where he's going to get one podium. I think um, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So I thought it would be Lima. So I'm hoping maybe one of these New York short tracks or. One of these, you know, technical clay half miles, he gets on the podium, but um, yeah, well, dude, he's a very versatile rider, so I don't think he's a technical yeah. specialist anywhere. I think he's just good everywhere. So it's going to take him. I know he was, and it was funny. He was super bummed out at uh, Atlanta TT. He had a little skirmish with with the king, um, but I, I went in there and <laughs> I love that. I did too. I loved it too, man. Because I mean, it's like, dude, you know, 
how cool is it as a first year expert to be battling with like the king of TTs? And I was like, dude, don't take it personally, man. He's he would ride you the same way if you were a seasoned pro or brand new amateur. I mean, and you should want that. You should just like anybody. You know, you go up to Sammy Halbert and you show him a wheel. Well, he's gonna show you a wheel right back. You know, and and I yeah. love that. So he he got a little taste of the pros, I guess so to speak, but. It was cool because I went over there to Joe, and Joe was just kind of laughing. He's like, yeah, well, welcome to the big leagues, boy. And, you know, because Joe's such a cool dude. And he knows how it is, man. You're going to – you're not going to scrap it out you're with gonna, Henry. <laughs> no, and not everybody's going to be friends. I mean, dude, you're working your ass off, and he's working his ass off, and you guys have the same goal. You're not going to – it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows, you know, and that's okay. Like, shit happens, dude. Like, you're not going to be friends. That's a pro- – I'll kind of one more thing here, and we'll – I'll let you bounce. But, yeah, the – problem with our sport now i think is everybody tries too hard to be friends with everybody man like oh. i don't know it's it's everybody's everybody's like super twins everyone's friends like so um i'm not saying it's a it's necessarily like the worst thing in the world but you don't have that rivalry like you used to um i mean guys used to hate each other yeah like, you fucking you know what i mean so that intensity is is an entertainment value that we don't have anymore yeah um, i agree completely i i mean so- you need you need the heroes and the villains, but at the same time, like you just said, like, I mean, and granted, I'm not at that level to go out and moto with the boys, but then when I see like Briar and all the dudes out there riding together, I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm not showing them how I'm training. You all know? of them. And exactly. I'm like, exactly. and I'm, I talk to Dalton all the time. He's like, man, I'm like, go down to Florida and moto. I'm like, no, the fuck you're not. I said, we don't need yeah. no, we'll, we'll, we'll keep to our program. We know what we know that works and we're struggling right now, but we'll find our way again. But you know, doing the exact yeah. same as the other guys. That's not how you get ahead. You don't, you don't get ahead by following. You get ahead by leading. No, and it's good to be cordial. Like, you don't want to go out and ride like an asshole. But at the same time, it's one of them things where, um, like, that's the thing with me. Like, I'm never going to ride anybody dirty or do, do like, an overly aggressive pass. But you still, um, it's hard, man. It's hard to be cordial. It's hard to, like, go and want to hang out and have beers with guys when they're working to take what you're working for. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, but it's but no, it's, yeah, it's one of them things. We'll, but, uh, we'll see, but yeah, let's dial up an amateur program. Anybody listening, uh, you want to be considered like, we're going to set up something on Friday or Thursday and well, let's, do, uh, let's, hold on, real quick. let's look at this. Live. The schedule usually has the gates open it. Well, we'll just have to figure it out. Cause I mean, obviously some of the amateurs aren't going to be in the, uh, the, the pits for that soon. So we'll get together, right. me and you. And then, uh, a race Friday. Well, they oh, that's Friday right. That's right. Yep. There, yep. So. Yep. Um, hey. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we'll get it sorted out and we'll make Friday, sure. July 16th, group one and group two TT. So we'll have plenty of time. Oh, the TT. open at 8 a.m. All right. As long as you yep. don't pick on me for how shitty I am, because I haven't ridden in forever and I'm going for uh, the vet 25 plus, baby. Are All you? these kids. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm not quite at 40 there, yet, so uh, I got to go uh, with 25 40. plus, these young whippersnappers. Okay. I'm about to sign up. You should. I would love to smoke you on a TT because I can't beat you anywhere else. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Come on. Okay. Five Let's laps. Go. Five laps. I got you. Anything more than that, I, I can't know. hang on. Worst case scenario, I'll yeah. just wreck you. <laughs> you can do that for sure. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we gotta get all you back right, down man. to PDT. Well, but anyway, all right, buddy. Well, thank I'm, you for the call. I'm game. And let's uh, let's talk into coin. Can't wait to see you, bud. All right, homie. Later, Thanks dude. for coming on. Bye. <laughs> Later, Rob. Robbie, Bobby McClendon. Gosh, what a show! I'm pumped on this one. This is good. Um. Want to make sure we we shout out our sponsors. We have a couple of races coming up. I want to talk about Western Ohio Motorsports this weekend. Van Wert Half Mile, July tenth, Van Wert, Ohio. Make sure you check them out on Facebook, Western Ohio Motorsports. If you need some information on that event, 
hit me up and I'll get you guys in the right direction, send you the flyer. We'll post it. We've been posting it, but we'll post it again on our social media pages. The RTR Motorplex, August 28th. I'm helping out with this event. It's the Mad Dog Madness in Bloomington, Indiana at the Monroe County Fairgrounds, August 28th. The website is rtrmotorplex.com. They're having a lot of extra money up for grabs. It's like a Mad Dog mini national. A lot of the fastest Mad Dog racers, uh, from what I've heard in the Midwest, are coming out August 28th. Make sure you check them out. Again, rtrmotorplex.com. And I want to give another quick shout out to our sponsors, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Moto America. Again, guys, Laguna Seca this weekend, July 9th to 11th. Get your tickets. Indian, Indian Motorcycle supporting our podcast, supporting the sport. Roo Systems at Dallas, Texas. Jerry Stinchfield, appreciate his support. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series. AIM Sports Data, check them out on social media at AIM Sports Data. Data or data? Uh, let me know what you guys, what data or, da- data, or data? I'm, I'm, I'm data. Um, but check them out as well, GPS Lap Timer. And then Hanum's Harley Davidson, shout out to Tommy Hanum and his crew for supporting our podcast hit them up handomshd.com. I wanted to give a shout out to, I've, I've been missing this Calvin Hill uh, listener of the show. I'm sure he's listening right now. He bought a shirt and he threw me a couple extra bucks for some land shark. So shout out to uh, dude. I have fans that listen to the pod that, that actually bring me sixers of land shark now to the races. So um, freaking awesome. Love to see it. And I uh, appreciate you guys for listening, buying shirts, uh, buying merchandise to keep this show going. It helps out for sure. Um, I have a merchandise on shopcorytexter.com. Um, that's a wrap on the show. That's all I got. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. And uh, if you get some extra time and you like what we do, go on iTunes or Facebook and leave us a review. Get on your phones right now. And <laughs> this is an order. No, uh, we appreciate you know, the, the reviews definitely helps us out to know what we can do better and what you guys enjoy. Send us a message and follow us on social media. That's a wrap on this one going out to dinner with the boys. It's Tuesday night. So appreciate you guys. We'll talk soon. We out.